Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we've got a really cool guest sitting in our space today. She's hanging out on our chair, not on the couch. I, why not the couch, by the way? I don't know. Are you looking at it going, ooh, I don't want to sit on that? Yeah, kind of. No. <laughs> what do you think happens on that couch? That Nothing. Exactly. Nothing, no. it's, it's, you can try it, actually. It's, it's quite comfortable. Yeah, but I've known you too long. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know how I feel about that. And today we are hanging out with another massage therapist. Uh, For the purpose of today, we are going to call her Emma. And I'm really excited to have Emma here. Emma is actually a former student of mine who, oh man, I haven't seen in a very long time. She was probably one of the first students I had when I started teaching (laughs) massage therapy way back in 2007. So Emma, first of all, have you had a chance to hear our podcast? And if you say no, I'm going to be a little bit offended. No, I have. Really? Yeah. You're you're lying. No, I have. When the kids go to bed. (laughs) Nice, nice. I can deal with that. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, uh, how long have you been a massage therapist for? Uh, I've been registered since January 2011. Nice. How many years? What about 2019? So like eight years. You're going on your eight years? Going on, well, this is 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Going on nine years. What What made you want to do massage therapy? (laughs) I wanted to do pastry arts. I wanted to go to school for business and do baking. So I went to, actually, I went to, oh, what are they called? What were they called at the time? Not the school I went to, a different school. school. And I took a personality test and everything pointed towards doing something with people. And I had been working at as a restaurant manager for seven years. And I was like, okay, I've got all the business knowledge I need. Yeah. So why do I need to take this course? And she couldn't answer why I needed to take business. And I was like, oh, what about massage therapy? She's like, no, you want to do business? Let's stick to business. And the next day I went to the other school and signed up for massage. So wait, 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 let me get this straight. You were into baking before. Yeah. Are you still into baking now? Yeah. Okay. Tell me where the baking love comes from. Like, my... do you watch, do you watch cooking shows and baking shows? Oh no, I learned everything from my nan. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that where kind of the, the baking bug come from? Yeah. Well, I did culinary management for a while too, okay. um, but there's no money in that. So huh? I was like, I'm going to be a line cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was already a restaurant manager. It was just a pay cut. Yeah. And late nights didn't sound like fun. Really? Not until that, one or two in the morning. That, that life is sort of fascinating to me, but not. If I didn't have... No, you know what? I take that back. It, no, it is fascinating to me because I really like the idea of doing things after hours. I've always loved the idea of, mm, maybe I don't want to open a bar. Maybe I want to mm-hmm. have... But everyone that's ever done it or has been involved in it, they're like, you know, you have no life. Like, no. That's it. If you, this is what you do, that's that. Like, there's no room for anything else. Mm-hmm. So, the, but the baking, what got you into baking? Your 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 nan is like just baking stuff all the time, and you just caught on to it. Yeah, I learned everything she did. I started doing like cake decorating courses and all that, and then I was like, oh yeah, let's open a bakery. And went to find out about what I needed in terms of business. But they said that most of the knowledge I had from being a restaurant manager, I didn't really like they couldn't give me a good enough reason to take it. And I was like, oh, massage is kind of interesting. So then. So how did they kind of sell you on massage? They didn't. They were trying to sell me like they were trying to convince me not to take it and just do business. Right, right. But when they did a personality profile and all the people stuff came up. Massage was one of the courses, and I was like, oh, I could do that. What were the other courses? Do you remember? Uh, like PSW and stuff like that. Okay. And what was the appealing part of massage to you? I don't even know. 
I was just like, yep, <laughs> I just have that personality that's like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'll just fly with it. Yeah. All right. So you get to, so then finally you, you start massage school. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about massage school for you. Did you like it? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Is this going to sound biased? Cause you were my teacher. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can, you can speak the truth. Did you? Well, when I think that we learned the most from you as a teacher, um, there was a couple other teachers that I don't feel like I learned as much. Like I think that our first teacher, can I say his name? Uh, sure. Why not? I don't know. It's a podcast. You can say whatever, okay. the, fuck, <laughs> say whatever the fuck you want. Um, and he taught us all our techniques. And I think that the way he taught it was great. Yeah. Then you taught us most of the other stuff that we learned. I think you taught us for the most part. Yeah. But then when we had a different teacher and it was just like sitting at a book because yeah. you were kind of more like, hey, guys, hands on. Right. And I think that's kind of where I learned the most. So I think that I learned a lot. I feel like we were lucky because we were the only group that kind of went from like the start to the finish where other groups kind of got thrown into like different mods yeah that's true they had the rolling intake at that mm-hmm. place so yeah. i think that we kind of lucked out yeah, yeah, yeah for sure massage school do you have good memories of it like i went to massage school way back when and i speak about this on a couple of our other podcasts some of my best friends to this day i made in massage school but i also went to massage school kind of late in life like i turned 30 in massage school mm-hmm. how old were you when you were in massage school 25 okay what was the social scene for you like in massage school or was it just like i'm going there to, to to get my education and uh, I'm out. I don't really care about anything else. I don't know. I think I made friends and we had fun. Like yeah. we had pool parties and all that fun stuff. But you guys had pool parties. Nice. Eh? <laughs> we did. <laughs> pool parties always seemed like a fun idea. <laughs> but um, I was working 50 to 60 hours a week and going to school. I was still running a restaurant, so it's kind of hard to really do much other than that it sounds like life was hard through school just for time constraints it was you got phone calls all the time from like your employees trying to make decisions that they could make without you but they don't so mm-hmm. it is what it is if i had to go and do it all again i probably would <laughs> wouldn't it was you it was a lot you wouldn't do massage school again no i would like I, I just wouldn't do it all at the same time like work and school and everything mm-hmm. else so how would you do it now you would like no work just school maybe kind of old now to go to school though <laughs> i feel old to go to school now so no school <laughs> <laughs> i totally hear that anytime i think that i, I think i want to go do something else I'm like fuck no i don't want to do that i'm like almost i always could say i'm almost 40 uh, no no i'm almost 44 like the last thing mm-hmm. i want to do is fucking be in school anymore mm-hmm. so you finished massage school give us give us the career path tell us like you know about your first job what was your first job um i started in a clinic in richmond hill i was working there a couple days a week i was working i don't know i worked at like four or five clinics all at the same time right out of school just trying to figure out where i kind of wanted to go like i was at um good life i made really good friends there working with a bunch of other rmts actually there was an rmt i worked with at good life who said that he went to centennial and a lot of the stuff we learned in our school and that might be Teachers are probably different everywhere you go, but Mm -hmm. he never learned. I feel like we were kind of lucky. We were a class of six by the end of it. So we got a lot more one-on-one time trying to learn from people. But so he taught him stuff that that we learned through school and he didn't. But good life wasn't really somewhere I wanted to be either because you're kind of set in certain hours and you kind of have to be there and didn't really like that. And I ended up at a clinic for the owner of the Richmond Hill Clinic um, who needed me to go there because the RMT they had wasn't licensed in Ontario. So where were they she, licensed? Quebec. Okay. So then she had to leave, and 
I took over and I was going to quit to help them out with a new clinic they were opening. But Mm -hmm. the owner that took over, we kind of went from six massage clients, maybe, to like 400 in less than a month. Oh, wow. So we did outreaches and all that type of stuff. We were at gyms and banks and um, Labatt. Um, head office and stuff like that, just trying to get clients. Yeah. And I think by the end of it, I was at 980 active clients. That is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And so that was all just from going out doing promotional stuff? Yeah. And then I stopped doing them and it was all word of mouth and referrals. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a testament to anyone that says like, I can't fucking build my business. I don't know what to do. Go do something mm-hmm. and go make the connections and go put in the fucking work. Yeah. I feel like massage therapists are really lazy motherfuckers most of the time a little bit oh, this is a podcast for massage therapists I can't believe i just said that massage therapists <laughs> no seriously but a lot of them are just like kind of lazy or not business enough well i don't think that? we learn enough about business when we're in school oh it's horrible mm-hmm. that was one of the first courses that we developed so the other half of what we do at uh, two massage therapists and a microphone is our continuing education company called con Ed institute and that was one of the first courses that we developed because we kind of charted the whole thing based on what is not done well in school mm-hmm. and it, but I, 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 I don't know if that's an excuse for RMTs to not want to know business. Well, I think that, um, a lot of RMTs coming fresh out of school just think that they're going to go into a clinic and they're just going to have clients and like your employers tell you that you're coming into a very busy clinic and the RMTs are full, but what you don't understand is the RMTs are full with their clients. Right. So you're not coming in to a busy clinic that you're going to get all the other RMT's clients because they already have a clientele. Yeah. So you got to come into an already busy clinic and try to treat anybody new who's coming in and still try to develop yourself. But yeah. I think that it's like false promises. Oh, your schedule is going to be jam-packed. Well, not necessarily. So when you went on a couple of your interviews for a place like that, that's kind of what you were getting? Yeah. Yeah, like busy clinic, don't worry about it, but the mm-hmm. RMT's there like they're busy yeah because they put in the legwork yeah and they've been there for a while like we had a guy a few months ago i guess come into the clinic and there's 10 female rmts you're competing with 10 women and you're a guy and you're fresh out of school and you're thinking that your schedule is going to be full like there's days where he had four or five people there was days he had one or two but he didn't want to wait around to see if it would get busy but if you jump from clinic to clinic that's kind of going to be how it's going to go. Yeah. You're not going to have a schedule. You got to stay somewhere. For gotta... sure. Because then you're always just fucking starting over every fucking yeah. time. You think the grass is greener everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And you jump the fence and you're like, fuck. That was yeah. just a lateral move. Do you think dudes have it a lot more difficult? I think they do. Why Why do you say that? Well, I worked in Mississauga for six years of my career. And um, depending on religion and culture, a lot of them wouldn't see a male therapist. Mm-hmm. Any other reasons then that like that you've noticed other than religion and culture? Because that's kind of big in in like a larger metropolitan city like like the Greater Toronto area. But I, like, does that apply across the board that it's tougher for dudes in a smaller place? Well, a lot of guys don't want to be touched by guys. Why do you think that is? <laughs> afraid uh, that it might make them gay i don't know like i don't know if they know that that doesn't work like that no it definitely doesn't work like that (laughs) or they're just not comfortable right and there's some women that aren't comfortable with it too like they don't really want to be massaged by a man i could care less but maybe that's because of what we do for a living yeah like i think that a lot of male nurses have it hard there's certain things that they don't want to do based on feedback from 
from hmm. just patients, right? Like yeah. EKGs and having to put sticky stuff on their chest. And yeah, that's true. It can. I can see how it can be tough for a dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Toronto is a better area for male therapists than, like, say, Mississauga. It's just different. Just culturally, mm-hmm. it's easier for a male. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. for sure. So give me give me some of the ideas about uh, some of the weird shit that's happened to you. You've been a therapist for quite a while and you've worked in many different types of places and weird shit must happen to you. My first client right out of school. Like first client. First client ever right out of school. Okay. Um, was a 60-year-old male and I remember he was in the clinic and he... He was telling me how he used a nudist, and I'm like, whatever, to each their own. Like, there's physio, Cairo, and myself as the massage, and I was like, okay, well, whatever, and I was massaging him, and as I was massaging him, I realized his lower back was really tight. Simple question. I'm like, well, do you have a hard time, like, bending over and tying up your shoes? Like, can you touch your toes? He's like, I don't know, buck naked, jumps right up off my table, bends over right in front of me and touches his toes, and I'm going... I'm really white. I turn red really quick. I'm trying really hard not to turn red, really just trying to keep it professional. I'm like, okay, now that we've established you can touch your toes, like, get back on the table. <laughs> like, does does he get back on the table? Yes. Okay. Yes. And does... I'm going, oh my God, like, <laughs> I learned that you need to ask all those questions first. <laughs> when does it come out in the conversation that, like, I'm a, I'm a nudist? Um, Right away. So, like, before you even get on the... He gets on the table. He was already on the table. Okay, so this is just kind of light conversation mm-hmm. while you're... That's a weird a weird scenario, especially for your first fucking real client out in the work, work world. Yes. And then <laughs> the first time I ever did a house call, I showed up to a door and the guy was standing there naked. I'm like, nope, see you later. <laughs> I'm gone. I get, I've been hit on by clients a lot. Like, it's really weird to get hit on by a guy. And then you're like, I'm treating your wife next. Yeah. Dudes are weird. Every time we do the unprofessional hour, I think that's the the conclusion that dudes are fucking weird. And it never, I, I, I can never figure out what, what are you trying to, what's the end game on this? Like, like the dude that's tell, that's hitting on you when his wife is coming in next. Like, what is, what is he wanting to happen when he tells you this? I don't know. He's like, do you want to go somewhere more comfortable? I'm like, no, no, I don't. I don't know. When your body laying on the table, there is no attraction there. Like, I agree. There's none at all. Do you mm-hmm. see? Do you see any attraction like before the body gets on the table, or are you yeah. just in work mode? You are in work mode, but you can appreciate if like whether it's a good-looking girl or good-looking guy walks through the door, like oh she's pretty or he's kind of cute. But yeah. I'm not like oh I'm I want to jump him on the table. Like I think that's <laughs> <laughs> like no thanks. Yeah. I think we spend too much money on school and we have way too much to lose to screw our clients. It doesn't make sense. No, and it doesn't make sense for our clients to try to get us to do weird stuff, Mm -mm. especially when there are places that you can go to, like we've done podcasts on rub and tugs before. Mm -hmm. There's places that you can go to. If you want your junk touched, you can go get it touched. You can probably go get it touched for cheaper than uh, you getting a therapeutic treatment with me here and Mm -hmm. really trying to get me to do what you want to do. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't get it at all. So you get, you get that shit a lot, eh? Yeah. Is it, does it get to the point of like, Fuck, this is a turnoff from the profession. Um, it was. It's not as bad now as it was when I was out in Mississauga. It's a lot better now out in Bowmanville because it's maybe because I'm older and I have two kids and I might put on that. (laughs) Don't even go there. (laughs) Look right now, but I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, dudes are weird. Mm -hmm. Dudes are weird. And you've seen it 
like I've seen it happen. A girl at our clinic got her license taken away for for crap, right? And wait, wait, wait. If if you're comfortable, well, give me the what was the scenario there? Uh, he was married. She was married. They were screwing at the clinic. His wife found out. She's the therapist. Oh, uh, his wife found out. And blew her lid and went to the CMTO and did she did she cause shit at the clinic too? They were doing it at the clinic and then billing through the insurance and stuff, right? So it's like insurance fraud and all that stuff. So it's kind of like, well, <laughs> you kind of asked for it. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. So is that is that therapist license revoked? Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so not worth it. No. I don't think it is. And I think that there's pretty set standards in our like standards of practice that set out if you want to be with a person of what you're supposed to do. I yeah. like maybe I might have understood it more if he was single, she was single and they were doing it outside of work and she wasn't his therapist. Yeah. Like if they started out as a therapist and then she's like, no, not here. Maybe it would have been different, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know. So what did your, what did your clinic owner do? Because this is now bringing super drama to the clinic. Mm-hmm. Clinic owner must be fucking pissed at this, eh? I don't know. She's kind of passive aggressive, so <laughs> she doesn't say too much. <laughs> oh man. That's 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 jacked up. Mm-hmm. That's jacked up. Well, yeah, because it it did pull the name of their clinic through it. That's true because that that's going to be all over, like a college website is. that mm-hmm. is potentially all over local news, mm-hmm. and that did, so the, the clinic actually end up losing business because of it. Or I'm not sure. It happened just as I was starting there like hmm. she was already gone when i got there it, it probably did like it was busier and then it died down for a while but it's built back up yeah. so that's a fuck i'd be so pissed if i was a clinic owner and that shit happened and some fucking yahoo just really drove my business down to the ground i'd want to kill people mm-hmm. that's just me i'd be really fucking angry but i do understand i don't understand that i don't understand what leads to you thinking that it's okay to do it at work and bill. Like, I don't feel like you're any better than a prostitute. You're being paid to have sex. Yeah. Um, but then you're causing, like, insurance fraud and stuff. But I do understand how when you spend years treating somebody, you kind of develop, like, a relationship on a personal level. I don't know. Like, I understand how feelings can kind of get jumbled if you're going through bad times and they're going through bad times. I can kind of see it, but, yeah. like, not at work. <laughs> yeah, and that also takes a lot from a therapist to recognize that, hey, this is what's happening, and then to take the appropriate steps of either discharging a patient or mm-hmm. whatever the case is, or just being mindful enough that this is happening and then, you know, change your behavior on it mm-hmm. to kind of kill it right then and there. It, it, it's such a weird it's such a weird thing, and it really kind of, I think, fucks up the way the general public views what we do. Mm-hmm. And they already kind of think we're... <laughs> The majority of people don't recognize us as re- regulated healthcare professionals. No. Right? All they see is is the way massage is portrayed in media. All they mm-hmm. see is the stuff like those types of things that happen that are now in the news. And then mm-hmm. it's just it's a bad fucking thing all, all the way around. A lot of clients go to certain, cl- like the clinic I work at, and they want you to just shut up, rub them, relax them, put them to sleep, and they're good to go. Not realizing what benefits and what a massage therapist can actually do for you. Are you happy to do that then? Or are you like, fuck, this sucks. I fucking hate doing this. Or do you feel undervalued? Yeah, in a way. I feel like people don't understand what type of education we actually have, mm-hmm. how much knowledge you, you do have, and the experience you gain through that knowledge over the years too. I started off in a more of like a sports therapy, injury-based clinic, and mm-hmm. then 
two kids later and not worth the drive anymore, right? So So you're at where you're at now kind of a little bit more for convenience then? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't choose to be there. So if you can choose, what type of work do you want to do? I'd way rather do injury, like some sort of sports injuries or like I was treating bodybuilders and um like people that were doing physique shows and yeah, yeah. pro and amateur yeah, it's a basketball, whole different, hockey. Whole, yeah. whole different fucking ball game, eh? Well, you know, one day you can probably get back to doing that if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more fun when you're dealing with injuries than it is with somebody just being like, I just want to relax. I get it. I get that people want to relax, but yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't do that as a therapist. I would mm. lose my mind. I would. That would. That would drive me to quit, leave the profession, go find. Like I. I can't do that. Mm-mm. But I also just can't work for anybody. Period. I found that out too. <laughs> like I don't. I don't. I don't play well with others, and um, most people don't get me. So it's, I'm better off on my own, mm-hmm. where I don't have to answer to somebody. So you're at you're at a relaxation place. So what's your favorite type of music to massage to then? Because I imagine at the relaxation place, it's birds chirping and waterfalls. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> you have this look on your face like, shoot me now. Well, the one room, this one girl has um, her iPod or whatever, and it has actually some pretty good like rock music on it done in like piano. Oh yeah. And I'm like, yes, I can do this. I know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> but like... I, there's one room I was massaging in and I turn, I hit play and the lady's already on the table and I've already started and it was an, a 90 minute treatment. And as soon as the music started, I was like, oh my God, it's Susan Boyle. 90 minutes of <laughs> Susan Boyle. <laughs> I was like, you, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much relaxation yeah. music. Yeah. But I'm doing a lot more house calls and there is no music. You're just talking to people. So that's kind of. Yeah. How do people find you for house calls? I have, um, you can Google me, but I don't do, I don't really do house calls. If you Google my business, um, most of them are people that I already know. Gotcha. So you're not just seeing some random person that found you and says, hey, come to the house. It's no, it's yeah. you, someone that knows someone that knows someone and refers. Mm-hmm. What's your weirdest uh, other than the, the the naked guy at the door? <laughs> yeah. Was he a referral from a referral kind of thing? Or was this yeah. just give me yeah. this story? It was years ago. I just, I, I just remember him um, calling and I don't remember who referred him. Uh, it was a client that I had treated for at least a year. Okay. And I'm like, okay. So a trustworthy yeah. client or someone you felt to be trustworthy mm-hmm. gives this, gives naked guy your number. Yeah. You show up to his house with your table in hand. Yeah. And he's naked. And I'm like, okay, see ya. <laughs> did you, did you ever tell that other person who referred him? Like what the no. fuck? No. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, I'm just going to leave it. And... You're a better person than me. I think I would have been like, motherfucker. What did you do? <laughs> like, like, did you know that this was like, like that's what that, that would have been my approach with that person. Did you know that you're setting me up for this? And please don't send any more people my way. I was, I was just like, ah, uh. <laughs> it was just weird. I wasn't at that clinic very much longer, so I don't think I had much more contact with the person. What does um, your significant other think of your work then? Since you get hit on a little bit, you get guys answering the door naked, you get old people uh, touching their toes in front of you. <laughs> what does your significant other think? Um, I don't tell him a lot of stories. I just kind of keep it more to myself <laughs> it just i'm not gonna go home and be like hey honey some guy grabbed my ass today does that happen it has i 
stopped the treatment, kicked him out, and I haven't. And then that was it. He was banned from the clinic. But I don't want to tell him that stuff. But he's cool with what you do, right? Or no? He is. Okay. <laughs> but if you tell him these things, then maybe it's gonna stir the pot. Yeah, like he has friends that are like, "Oh, you, you're so lucky," and he's like, "No, she doesn't massage me." It never happens. No. It never happens. My wife's a massage therapist. We don't. We don't treat each other one fucking bit. No. It's, unless it's like a dire need situation. Yep. And you know, it's one of those like. I can't get a treatment even if I wanted to. It's 10.30 at fucking night and my mm-hmm. calves are killing me. Can you please help me out? That type of thing. That's cool that he's okay with it. So if you don't talk to anybody about these things or you don't talk to him about these things, do you talk to anybody about this stuff? Uh, it depends on what it, it depends on how like severe it is. Like I have a guy, I go to their house, I treat him, his wife and his son and he messages me all the time. Stupid flirty questions. I very rarely respond to him. Mm-hmm. Like, not interested he's like it's just he and then he's going well it's just um innocent and i'm going you can message all you want i go there i I would never go to his house and just treat him but i've gone and just treated his wife or i've gone there when it was his son home treated his son and then his wife came home after and but i'm like i don't think i'd go there just to treat him well yeah especially if he's already Mm -hmm. i'm like i gave you my number you have my number so you could like book appointments you don't have my number so you can text me all day every day (laughs) wow i don't get what he's trying to get out of it i i want to know to be honest with you i want someone one day to tell me when they're on the couch or sitting in the chair and they're telling me about these scenarios and i want to i want them to be able to give me an answer about like what is this person trying to accomplish at the end of the day like it could be nice if it was like well would you do this if it was a different therapist is it just the fact that we're massage therapists that kind of like you know, attract you to us or we when we did our rub and tug series we were at a licensed body rub parlor and we were were on location and we were talking to the owner of the licensed body rub parlor and she was kind of saying massage therapists are like the holy grail it's like the it's like the forbidden fruit and that's why she feels a lot of rmts get hit on it's like the 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 client is just pushing the boundary pushing the boundary to see like how much i can get out of this person when i know that they're not supposed to do anything it's really strange right it's like a it's like a like a really fucking weird mind fuck what do i know yeah but then a body's a body <laughs> no yeah. thanks i totally get it mm-hmm. and you're straight laced with your work which is awesome tell me a little bit more about your um other places that you work. I don't know. I worked at one place for so long. What makes you What makes you stay at a place? Like if you've worked at so many different places, what well, What makes you be like, yeah, I'm I'm staying here for a bit. I was there for five and a half, almost six years. I had clients that I'd seen through like first pregnancies and second pregnancies, and I was treating husband and wife and cousins and aunts and uncles, just like whole families. Yeah. And you get to know these people, and they're booked in with you, and you're kind of booked like six months out, and it's kind of ni- it's it's nice. And the only reason why I left is I moved and had kids. Like yeah, yeah. Or else you, know, you still would have been there loving it. Well, maybe not loving it. There's lots of times I went to the owner and been like, "Listen, you're being a dick. Like, <laughs> you need to knock it off." What, but what was what was the dick? Be- behavior well we'd have clients come in and bring in a tea for it was the Cairo that owned it and be like give this to grumpy and i'm like dude you're treating clients if they can tell you're grumpy you need to like figure shit out they're paying you a lot of money to be here for 10 minutes like (laughs) 
<laughs> That's true. Put on a smile. You're getting forty bucks for that ten minutes. Like, give me a break. When your when your patients and clients pick up on on that kind of stuff that's that's definitely not where you want it to be i don't no. know how you can keep a busy practice if people don't even fucking like you like that's impossible like a big part of people coming back and seeing you time after time after time like i i i was talking to this guy who's really big on uh, rebooking and he was pretty much saying if you want people to come back see you got to have a whole eternity one they got to like you if they don't like you they're not coming back two they got to they got to believe the things that you tell them mm-hmm. so i mean you're not selling them but are you educating them and they believe what you're saying and so therefore they understand the importance of the work that you do and how they can benefit from it and they see value in in mm-hmm. what you got going on so i mean if the if the cairo people don't even fucking like them like i don't i don't even understand how you're looking he to sustain was your business so good at what he did i respected him so much based on what he did, but had very little respect from his person. No people skills, all all technical shit. Yeah. He did have people skills, and then he just kind of got into a funk. Couldn't stand him for a long time. Is that the worst place you worked? It's the place I worked at the longest. But yeah, kind of. Like, the place I'm at now, she has no respect for RMTs. Like, she just thinks that we're just kind of her cash cows, right? So Does she know that that's how you guys feel? Yeah, but she doesn't care. Oh, like a true fucking money fiend. Oh, yeah. She'd let us all walk if we said anything. She'd be like, then go. She just doesn't care. And I think I'm, I'm there because it's convenient and I'm usually booked. So stay there until I figure something else out. I know. It's, it's such a fucking weird thing because it, it doesn't make for a very enjoyable work environment. Mm-hmm. And it's all about company culture. And if you can't fucking get a company culture together that, that makes people want to stay and put in the time and effort, it, it doesn't work. It never works. Like we're not just a whole bunch of numbers. No. We're not just a bunch of replaceable, you know, what hands that massage people it doesn't work that way and then to have an owner that does that oh this is depressing me make me happy (laughs) well i worked at a clinic this isn't gonna make you happy but i worked at a clinic and there was four rmts there i think and the owner was husband wife the husband was a chiropractor the wife worked there as reception they had a couple other receptionists and we weren't allowed to talk to the receptionist we weren't allowed behind the desk because we weren't employees we were whatever she can whatever they called us i don't remember the name she gave us Hmm. but like we we couldn't touch our own schedule we had to go through them to change our schedule or anything like that they kept screwing it up and i'm going i don't have a babysitter for this time i told you i could only work like nine to one and they booked me from like two to seven and i'm going okay but i'm not available at this time and you can't touch anything and you can't talk to anybody and you kind of have to stay in your room and as soon as the client gets there if their appointment's at 9 15 and they're there at 9 05 they expect you to take them and like I'm like, okay, whoa, <laughs> that that one didn't last too long. Yeah. It's like, how how can you not talk to the reception, or how can you not have control, somewhat of control over your own schedule? Like, I don't get it because I've worked when, like, I've worked at a handful of places, and none of them were, none of them just sounded like this. Like, like the places I worked at were really pleasant. Like, mm-hmm. they were run by really kind of nice, cool people that had great skills, that had great people skills, that were very business-minded, and they knew how to keep a family together, because it felt like a family working mm-hmm. at some of these places. And I've never had this type of this experience where I've had a very shitty place to work at, or a shitty boss that really... See, it's funny, because the guy, the place I was at for the longest, and even though there was times where he's just being a jerk, we were like family. 
because there was so there there was I was with him before he bought the clinic and I was the only one left mm-hmm. by the end of it and I kind of stuck through so I was the only one that could tell him and we had RMTs come and go like it was like a revolving door sometimes but some of the RMTs I was like what the hell <laughs> what about them was what the hell I so the room that I had I'd been there for however many years I painted it and decorated it and everything in it was mine and what color did you paint like a dark bluey gray okay so i don't know i'm just curious okay i just wanted it dark (laughs) (laughs) it was in a a walk-in clinic type of thing it felt clinicky everywhere else the room had to feel somewhat nice Right, right, right um i was going on mat leave and he had not like eight months to find someone. I didn't leave until I was like 37 weeks pregnant. Oh, so wow. okay. he had all the time in the world and ends up getting this girl like a couple days before I left. I was only gone for seven weeks because I had a C-section and I had to take all that time off. And I, I come back and she's not happy that she has to use a different room. She's not happy that I answer phones. She's not happy that I cashed clients out. She's not happy that I rebook. She thinks that that I shouldn't be doing any of it. I'm like, I've been here for five years. I've done this for five years. Yeah. Like, you need to back off. So she would like talk behind my back and the receptionist's back and the chiro and the chiro's back and the physio's back. And then finally, the two receptions, myself and the chiro, the uh, physio, went to the chiro. Were like, it's us or her. Like, <laughs> she's just. <laughs> poisoning the clinic yeah she's that toxic eh so yeah you just let her go and i'm like how how do you go into some place where you're handed a clientele because the person's on mat leave and only coming back part-time so you're handed a clientele that has 980 active clients and you screwed up like that you should just be thanking the fact that you're somewhere new and book solid yeah that's like a dream no. I just walked right into that. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question about your C-section? Mm-hmm. Was that planned or was that something that needed to be done? Um, I was high-risk pregnancy with my son. Yeah. Uh, from the beginning, I was at the OB every two weeks Um, from like six weeks pregnant. <laughs> I got to the end and I had an ultrasound once a week for three or four weeks. Yeah. And at the very end, she's like, he's no longer head down. He's bummed down. Oh. And she's like, well, if the umbilical cord comes out first and he loses oxygen to the brain, he can have brain damage. And she's going on and on and on. So on the Monday, she told me that. And she's like, we're going to take him Thursday. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I think by Thursday, he had flipped back around again when they did the C-section. Right. But I'm like... I don't know. I didn't want to be that person that's like, no, I have to try and something happened. And like, what if he came out brain damaged? I'd feel like it was my fault. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was like, no, you can take him. And then with my daughter, because it was too soon, I had to have another one. Oh, wow. Are you happy for the C-sections though or no? Like, would you have preferred a natural birth? I don't know. Like, I'm never going to experience going into labor, but then I'm like, am I really missing anything? <laughs> I don't know, man. I've, I I I sat there through through both of my kids. My wife had uh, natural birth, like no drugs, even like like it, it's crazy, mm-hmm. it's crazy. And I I remember this very vividly with our first daughter. She just kind of gave me this look at one point, like this was a mistake. Like, can we just, can we turn back the clock and we do something different here? Maybe the drugs, maybe something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it was it was insane. It was insane. Like, women are definitely strong. <laughs> Grr, then dudes. I just, with a C-section, I think my fear was, oh my god, what if I feel them cut me open? Because you're awake, right? Yeah, that's a scary I didn't, but you feel them literally taking your insides out, and you feel them tugging and pulling at stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, But 
Yeah, I, I don't know. The, the recovery was hard. How 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 long were you like laid up recovery for? I wasn't. I went in and I had the C-section Thursday. I was home Saturday. Um, Sunday, we were home. My husband went back to work Monday and I was by myself with the baby. Oh, wow. And then at two weeks, he got sick. <laughs> so we were back in the hospital for a week. So I didn't really have that time to recover it was all about him yeah yeah so and then with my daughter i had a one-year-old and a newborn baby that's so fucking hard mm-hmm. i don't know how you do it how do you fucking do it like i, I don't I, know I, I, it... <laughs> I think i go to work and i think the fact that it's a relaxation clinic and there are times where it's dead quiet i'm like thank god there's nobody screaming <laughs> I, think I get like maybe that 90 minutes of nobody talking to me that's true maybe this relaxation <laughs> clinic is perfect for you yeah. it's like those moments away like you go to work to to kind of zone out and mm-hmm. regroup before the chaos happens mm-hmm. again yeah because you have those clients that like talk and talk and talk and then you've got the ones that you're like i don't know if i really want you talking right now and you're like shh or you like <laughs> <laughs> you really need to focus on your breathing or <laughs> i don't have many talkative cl- uh, you know i probably have a small handful of talkative clients but i'm not a just I've got a podcast. It's really fucking weird, but I'm not a talking kind of guy. I'm mm-hmm. really just kind of, let me do my work. And mm-hmm. if we don't say anything, once the treatment starts, I'm happy with that. Like yeah. I've gone many, many treatments without even being, without saying much of anything. Like I'll say at the beginning, let me know if I'm doing anything painful or uncomfortable at any time. Let's keep open communication. And then for me comes nothing sometimes, mm-hmm. but I just don't. Are you, and you're okay with talking clients, except for the ones that are just over the top? It depends on who it is and what they're talking about. Like, so what's the weirdest thing someone's ever talked to you about? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, you're laughing. So. <laughs> I had a woman. I don't know. She had been early 60s. And her back was really sore. She's like, I think my back really hurts because I had to have sex with my husband. And she's going on and on and on about like having sex with her husband. And she's going, but you have to keep them happy or they'll go somewhere else. And I'm going, oh my God. And then she starts asking me about positions. I'm like, does she really think I'm going to like suggest sexual positions to make it better on her i'm going oh my god like there's videos like i don't know when she when you say she's asking you about so she's asking for your for <laughs> she's asking you for you to suggest stuff that might be better for her back yes <laughs> you gave her no answers i was like what did you direct her to Pornhub? <laughs> yeah no <laughs> i was like i don't like i don't know you got to find something comfortable from you for you and i'm thinking to myself what do you want me to say <laughs> I don't want to know how you're doing it now to tell you whether or not you're doing it right. Actually, the weirdest conversation I ever had, and you're going to don't judge for a minute, okay? It was a blonde moment. So a guy called the clinic I was at in Mississauga, yeah. and he was telling me that he had prostate cancer and that from the radiation and everything, a lot of like muscles in his legs and everything were really tight and really sore and asking what I could do about it. Yeah. And I was like, well, we can't really touch like radiation site but we can like try to get muscles around it um blood flowing and you don't really want to do much work and he's like well i'm really having a hard time ejaculating and i'm like okay like still 
talking about the legs, like drifting back to legs. He's like, well, what I really want massaged is um, my hamstrings, my quads, my, um, oh, what did he say? My groin and my prostate. And I'm like, your prostate? And he's like, yeah, I heard that it's a lot more um, weird for me than it is for you. And I'm going, oh, okay, no. And I, like, I... I was like, let me get back to you. And I hung up and I was talking to the Cairo about like prostate massage. And he's like, well, yeah. there might, I think there might be people that actually do that. And then I was thinking to myself, where's the prostate again? So <laughs> I go to Google and I Google in front of like everybody <laughs> prostate massage and all these porn sites start popping up and I'm going, okay, I'm not sticking my finger in anybody's holes. So like, <laughs> I am not the right person for you. <laughs> But it's like, I can't believe somebody called and asked if I did like prostate massage. But like, I, I guess if there's clinics that do that, but maybe you should like Google those clinics. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Who was around you when you Googled that? Um, a couple clients trying to rebook and both receptionists. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm going trying to like close them. I'm going, what the hell? <laughs> and those are the moments when you, you're just such a sweat. You start to shake and you're like, you're trying to close shit and nothing's closing. No, and everything else is popping up and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like popping up porn sites all over the computer. <laughs> That's a good day at the clinic right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only time anybody's ever asked me that though. <laughs> I'm like... Prostate massage. <laughs> you know, I do know someone that worked in a clinic. It wasn't She wasn't a massage therapist. I don't know what she did. Because she's not a therapist, but she was doing something in a clinic. And she was dealing with someone who had who had major issues downstairs. And I, I think she was doing things like prostate massage and stuff like that. But she would do it with, with like, the husband's wife, like, the, the guy's wife there and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But, yeah, so there's definitely people that do do that, I believe. But I don't – we can't do anything internal anyway. I mean, that's a controlled act, so – it's really it's funny <laughs> porn day at the clinic anything else weird that uh that uh, that your patients would tell you or talk to you about like what's the weirdest thing that someone would tell you or or kind of confide in you about i know i'm really kind of asking a lot on that one but because sometimes people tell you stuff that they probably don't tell many other people yeah i had a guy i don't i don't remember what he told me but i know the, the one client I had once, he had like a brain injury and there was something that he had told me. And I don't remember what he told me, but it was a situation that actually made me sad. And I'm like, and I don't, I don't remember. It was so long ago, mm. but I remember that it hit me, but yeah. I don't remember. I don't even remember what it was about. Have you ever had patients cry on the table? Yes. Like they're telling you something and they're crying or it's kind of like a silent moment. And they yeah. just, and they just. Like, and you have people that talk to you about like their daughters in relationships and being abused and you want them wanting them out and stuff like that I feel like a therapist sometimes yeah. but sometimes they just let them talk i think that's what they need to do a lot of times mm-hmm. i think they i think a lot of times they just need they just need an outlet kind of a very unbiased neutral someone and confidential right mm-hmm. i can tell you anything in a, in a clinic space and you're not going to try to offer me advice. You're not going to try to fix my shit. Mm-hmm. I just need to let some stuff out. I've had people cry on me before. I'm really uncomfortable when that happens, though. Just because 
I'm a I'm a dude that way, and mm-hmm. I I don't know what to do when when someone starts crying. So I'm like, uh, do you want some water? Like, <laughs> you want some time by yourself? So, mm-hmm. but, but that's what that's one thing that I I, I kind of need to work on. It doesn't happen to me very often, just mm-hmm. because of the nature of my practice now. But when I was in clinics, it, I would I would have those things. I wouldn't have so much though that. It comes through through someone telling me something. Mm-hmm. I m- the majority of the time when people start to cry on me, it was out of nowhere. Like I didn't know it was coming. There was no conversation happening. It was just a massage treatment, and I guess whatever touch was going on triggered whatever, or that person just had a lot of stuff going on upstairs, mm-hmm. and I just uh, I don't know what to do in those situations very well. I feel like if I was a little bit more compassionate i'd figure that out better but it's a weird business this massage thing yeah is this a career thing for you or is this something you're gonna do until you get sick of it are you going back to baking know. cakes and making pastries and stuff no i don't th- well i i do that just for fun now but i don't know I, is that a dead dream for you i think so why is it a dead dream is it a dead I dream because know. it's not really your dream anymore or is it a dead dream because you're like uh, it's not realistic for me. It's probably more not realistic at, well, especially at the time, like at now. It's kind of nice being able to work part-time and have like five hours at the clinic and then go home to the kids and yeah. not really be out all day or all night. If you won the lottery tomorrow, I'm talking millions and millions, would you keep your job? Mm, probably not. <laughs> would, you, would you open up a, would you, would you go, would you go back to the cakes? I don't or would you just say, fuck it, I'm going to do nothing. I'm just going to... Yeah, maybe. Spend time with the kids. I hear that, man. We had someone in here, and we were talking about that. We're like, if you want... Because she's like, oh, I love my job so much. I'm like, if you won the fucking lottery, would you do your job? She's like, hell yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing nothing. I'm staying in bed mm-hmm. all day long. <laughs> That's me. Though. I'm a lazy motherfucker, though. Need somebody to clean the house. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm not even going to move. I'm just going to sit there with my feet up. <laughs> <laughs> and watch someone clean around yes, me. I hate cleaning the house. I'm not a big cleaner, but I'm also not a messy dude. But kids, the kids are a whole other fucking story. Right on. So do you have anything else you want to wrap on? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I didn't even want to wrap on this, man. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks for coming by. This has been awesome. It's been a nice recap. No problem. Cool, cool. Well, you guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. My name is Mark, hanging out with... Emma, not a real name. Or is it? It'd be funny if it was. (laughs) (laughs) Peace.